Sven's 16-year-old friend, who he was with on Saturday, is still in a critical condition in hospital. This is the street where Sven and his friend were attacked on Saturday. As Sven walked home on the 6th of February 2021, a group of six men, including Goodell and Ambersley, attacked him and stabbed him in a brutal ordeal. The man found guilty of one of the most senseless murders I've ever covered on here, responded to the judge's sentencing by lying down in the dock and shouting boo. This is Red Rum, stories about the true victims of crime. This show is made from various source documents listed in the show notes. I use news archives, documentary footage and court documents, and so the episodes are accurate to the source materials I can find. The Badzak family, dating back to 1168, had fled their native Yugoslavia to make a new life for themselves in the apparently safe surroundings of the UK. Jasna Badzak had gone to medical school when she was just 16 to train as a doctor, but even so, she regularly had the barrel of a Kalashnikov rifle pointed in her face in her former Yugoslavia. During the trials of two Yugoslav war criminals, Jasna had been a protected witness giving evidence, protected so she couldn't be targeted by people who would want to stop her giving evidence. Once in the UK, the family had done well for themselves. Mr. Badzak's construction business was successful and Yasna was working as a financial consultant. Their only son, Sven, lived both at his mum's home in Maida Vale, an affluent residential district near Paddington, West London, and his grandmother's home in West Hampstead. Yasna sent Sven to be educated at Weatherby, the same private school that both Prince William and Prince Harry went to, before Sven went on to Roehampton University, where he got a degree in sociology. Sven was considered to be a good-looking teenager and was headhunted by modelling agencies, but he gave up this work because he found it, quote, very superficial. Instead, Sven wanted to become a lawyer to be able to use his high intellect and eloquent multilingual communication skills. Yasna later described Sven as polite but persuasive, and that he could flip any argument you made. There was a kindness and respect for others that shone through Sven. He was the kind of person that the entire neighbourhood knew. If he met anyone, he'd ask how they were doing, how their day was, how their family was, and if he could do anything for them. He was just one of those people that would take time. If he saw you, he'd stop, ask you how you're doing. And he always just made you feel that in a room of people that you were special regardless of who was around. He was always one of those people that just kept himself to himself, always had a close friend, a group of friends around him. When the Grenfell Flats high-rise fire happened in June 2017, killing 72 and injuring 70, Sven emptied his wardrobe to donate his clothes. He went to Grenfell and asked what he could do to help. If he and his mum passed ambulances in the car, he'd make his mum stop so he could ask her if her medical skills would be any help. Friends called him charming, with a great deal of charisma and a strong personality. Whilst he developed an interest in the law, Sven supported himself by working on his dad's construction company. On the morning of the 6th of February 2021, Sven went to work for his dad. When he got back in the afternoon, he realised that he'd forgotten to buy orange juice and so went with his 16-year-old friend to Waitrose Finchley Road to buy some. Sven bought the orange juice along with a few other things and asked for a bag and he left that shop at around 5.40pm. At around this time, two men, Rashid Goodell, aged 20 from Ilford and Shiro Ambersley, 21 from Wembley, 
walked into a bakery in Kilburn on the same road as that Waitrose. Whilst they were a little way away from their homes, they considered this their territory. This is the area where they'd supply cannabis to locals. They stood in the bakery shop for a while and they didn't buy anything. All they did was stare at the two women waiting at the counter and then they left without any purchases. There didn't seem to be any reason for them to be in the bakery other than to intimidate the women and the bakery staff. Sven and his friends started walking back home from Waitrose. Sven's friend was watching the Liverpool football game on his mobile and as they walked along the street, Rashid and Shiro emerged from the bakery behind them and Shiro crossed over the road to meet a friend, Harvey Canavan, who was aged 17. Then, all three of them started to walk up the road, following Sven and his friend, who didn't notice them. Rashid, Shiro and Harvey didn't know Sven and they didn't know his friend. They'd never seen them before. These were just two young people walking along a London street in a decent part of the city in the belief that they were safe. Shiro and Harvey had both now crossed over, so they were walking on the same side of the road with Rashid behind Sven and his friend. Then the three were joined by 18-year-old Lior Agbayan, the son of an Ivory Coast diplomat. And then another two men joined them. So by this point, there's now six of them following Sven and his friend, who were still unaware that they were even there. Sven and his friend reached Bagel Baby on Wilsdon Lane, and Sven took out his phone and called his mum to let her know he was stopping off for a bagel. He went in, ordered the bagel, and whilst it was being prepared, he went back outside to wait with his friend. The gang of six were now just a couple of metres away. Rashid suddenly shouted at Sven, What are you on? Sven looked up. He likely didn't know what Rashid was talking about. Rashid and Shiro stared at Sven for a few seconds, waiting for a reply, but Sven didn't say anything. Rashid and Shiro reached inside their jackets and drew out long bladed knives. Then they attacked, one lunging at Sven and stabbing him in the chest, not once, but again and again and again. The other went for the 16-year-old, stabbing him repeatedly in the back. And even though he'd been stabbed, Sven was able to run a short distance to a nearby burger restaurant, dropping his waitress bag in his attempt to get away. But the gang chased him until he collapsed and then they laid into him, kicking and punching him as he lay on the ground. Once they'd finished with Sven, they chased the 16-year-old who was now running across the street, blood pouring from his back, until he threw himself into a Tesco supermarket and begged for help. Then he collapsed. The gang gave up the chase and dispersed. The whole attack had lasted a total of eight seconds. Sven was lying in a pool of blood. By 8.30pm, so around three hours later, Yasna was getting really worried about Sven. She called him, but there was no answer. And so she texted him and asked him to call her straight back. At this point, she thought maybe he's just playing football or something. Yasna went for a quick shower while she waited for Sven to call her back. But meanwhile, across the city, Sven had been slowly bleeding to death on the street. The paramedics had quickly arrived and performed CPR on him whilst also treating the 16-year-old. They got Sven into the ambulance and rushed him to hospital, but his injuries were simply too severe and they were unable to save him. Sven died in hospital. As Yasna finished her shower, the police arrived at her front door. She was worried, but she had no idea why they were there. She let them in, and then 
they gave her the terrible news. Quote, they told me he died. He was a child, my child, my only child. The police investigation began pretty much immediately. There were witnesses, there was extensive CCTV, and there was forensic evidence. But even so, the attackers seemed to have absolutely no connection with the victims. There didn't seem to be any motive for this murder. Sven and his 16-year-old friend could have been absolutely any one of the 7 million residents of London. The DCI on the case issued an urgent appeal for more information. Despite the huge amount of evidence and witnesses, the investigating officers just weren't having any luck. Quote, A young man has lost his life in the most tragic circumstances, and we are doing everything we can to find those responsible. We have been carrying out inquiries, and after reviewing CCTV from the area, we are confident that Sven and his friends were the victims of an unprovoked assault by a group of males. The gruesome task of identifying Sven's body fell to his mum, Yasna. She was taken to Northwick Park Hospital by two of the police liaison officers, along with Sven's dad and grandmother. Quote, I saw him through the glass. His body was covered with a blanket. I could just see the head. It was my Sven, but it wasn't my Sven. The colour of the skin was changed. I couldn't touch him. I couldn't hug him for the last time. I felt so guilty. I kept apologising to him for failing to be a mum. You should not be here, I was saying to my son. I was kissing the window separating us, trying to reach him somehow. I was numb from pain. I wasn't operating on a proper level. In my brain, it's always going to be my fault. I know it's irrational, but he was my only child. He was my only beauty in life. That's how I felt. That will be the last time I see him. I want him back here. I was talking to his body, but I was still expecting him to walk through the door. Yasna pleaded. No mother should ever suffer something like this. It has to stop. I'll give my life for this to stop. Enough is enough. It can't be like this. Sven's dad actually collapsed at the morgue because of the trauma. A £20,000 reward was offered for information. Whilst police inquiries tended to focus mainly on the CCTV and mobile phone work to identify and place the murderers at the scene of the crime, as well as trying to track their regular mobile phone contacts with each other. The police were helped because two of the gang members had actually posted about what they'd done on social media. CCTV identified, firstly, three of the gang out of the six of them, and they were rapidly arrested, and then a fourth person was arrested. All four men were charged, but despite the continuing efforts of detectives, two of the gang just couldn't be identified. Police worked on, and they were trying to identify this fifth and sixth attacker, but they just didn't have any success. And so after that, they released even more images of these two to the public to hope for their help. But time continued going on and DCI Mark Rogers later said, quote, more than a year has passed since this horrific incident that took a man from his family and our investigation remains ongoing. Sven's family deserve justice and we will not rest until we identify those responsible and bring them all before the courts. On the 7th of June 2023, after delays caused by COVID and court strikes, 
the three of the four men went on trial at Old Bailey. Rashid Goodell, now 21, Shiro Ambersley, now 22, and Harvey Canavan, who was now 18. They were all from different areas of London and they were charged with murder, attempted murder, and an alternative charge of wounding with intent. And they, of course, denied their guilt. The three men had spent 16 months in custody ahead of their scheduled four-week trial. The fourth identified suspect, Lior Agbayan, actually couldn't be tried because he had fled the country before the trial date was set. But back to the ongoing trial, the prosecution opened their case by explaining that the two victims had been just simply walking along Wilsdon Lane when they were subjected to what appeared to have been a gang-style attack. Neither of the victims were gang members or associates and the prosecution said it appears that these two men were just the subject of a shocking case of mistaken identity. The shocking truth was that both victims had been completely randomly chosen for this execution and the gang didn't know them. The reality was that this could happen to anyone walking down a London street in broad daylight. Gang, who had earlier been in the bakery, eyed up those two women and they all this time were just looking for a couple of people, perhaps anyone, to murder to emphasise their control over this part of London. Their boasts on social media were a message to anyone who was thinking of trespassing on their turf. On the first day of the trial, Harvey, who was 19, pleaded guilty to Sven's manslaughter. And this was a breakthrough for the police in one way. Whilst they lost that murder charge, Harvey pleading guilty to manslaughter was an admission that he had been there and that he was an active participant in what had happened. And that linked Harvey with Rashid and Shiro and made it circumstantially more likely that they too had been involved in the murder. Once the evidence had been heard, the CCTV viewed, the mobile phone records explored and the forensic evidence explained, the jury took 25 hours to reach a majority 10 to 2 verdict. With regard to the attempted murder charge on the 16-year-old, both Shiro and Rashid were acquitted of that attempted murder. But Harvey was found guilty of the manslaughter of Sven and the judge ended up jailing him for just seven and a half years. And he had been found guilty also of unlawful wounding of that 16-year-old and given 15-month sentence to run concurrently. That was all he was going to get. Rashid was found guilty of the murder of Sven and guilty of wounding with intent of that 16-year-old. And Shiro was also found guilty of the murder and guilty of wounding with intent. Now, before the judge could impose a sentence, he heard the mitigation from the defence barristers. Rashid's barrister described how he had been in care at 13 and he'd experienced a number of different placements from the age of 14. And Shiro's defence spoke about how he was young and how he hadn't had the right supervision. Quote, He has always expressed to us his deep regret that Mr Badzak died. That was never an intention that he wanted, but he accepts the jury's finding in relation to that death. And so then, it was time for sentencing. Now the judge described this eight-second attack as brutal and savage and swift. He said, quote, Sven Badzak was clearly a decent young man. He was 22 when you attacked and killed him. It's clear that he'd done absolutely nothing wrong on that February day. As the judge spoke, Rashid started to laugh. 
He laughed at the judge, he laughed at the jury, and most chillingly, he laughed at Sven's family. The judge, first of all, being astonished by this and angry, reprimanded Rashid. Quote, I really don't understand how you can find something funny or amusing. I really don't. Rashid took no notice of the judge. Alongside this, Shiro was sentenced to a minimum term of 27 years for the murder of Sven and 15 years for wounding with intent of that 16-year-old. And those sentences were to run concurrently. Shiro was 22 at sentencing and so he'll be nearly 50 before he is considered for release. Before the judge could sentence Rashid, he actually lay down in the dock and shouted, can I just say I didn't kill anybody? Rashid was then sentenced to life with minimum term of 27 years for the murder of Sven and 15 years for wounding with intent of the 16-year-old with the sentences to run concurrently and he will be at least 48 before he's considered for release. Rashid was still lying on the floor laughing and shouting as the judge ordered for him to be taken down and he was forcibly removed from the dock by security officers and that's when he bellowed boo so that everyone could hear it. But we know that six people were there when Sven was murdered and only three have ever been tried and sentenced. We know that two of the people there have never been identified. The sixth suspect, as we know, has been identified. Lior Agbayan is the son of a respected ivory coat diplomat who himself was once based in London but now works out of the Ivorian embassy in Burkina Faso. The UK has no extradition treaty with the Ivory Coast. And after Lyle was charged, and whilst he was still on probation, he boarded a plane to Paris and then flew on from there to the Ivory Coast in March of 2021. Yasna is in talks with the Crown Prosecution Service about the possibility of bringing Lior back to Britain to face justice. And the CPS could neither confirm or deny whether it was working on the case, so we just don't know that information. Yasna also revealed that after the successful prosecution, her family had actually been forced to relocate their whole lives and change their names because of ongoing threats to them. The mother of the 16-year-old, the other boy involved in this, in a witness statement said that her son suffers mentally with PTSD, terrors, flashbacks, and has just completely withdrawn from society. She added, quote, "'These people have robbed me of my son and they've left behind an empty shell, a damaged boy I no longer recognise. I think it's clear from what we heard about them from the trials that none of the people convicted showed any kind of remorse for their actions. And Rashid even boasted about the murder on his social media. It's clear the group went out that night with the intent to cause serious violence and most probably to kill someone. This is an ongoing case. If you have any information that could help lead to the discovery of the other two people involved, please do contact your local police or contact Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 one. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Red Rum. Many thanks to our wonderful guest writer for their health on this episode. They are honestly phenomenal at finding the lesser known cases and this one being one that is incredibly important and is ongoing right now um and they do that with very little resource and are able to make a full episode so thank you 
please do click the subscribe button if you wanna see regular content. I release once a week, but most of the time it's twice a week. Um, and bit of a side note here, I am a big horror film fan. I think researching true crime is way scarier than anything fictional I could watch. Uh, so I went to see Saw X the other day and I bloody loved it. I then went on to watch the entire back catalogue of all nine Saw films. Some of them are really uh, bad, but I do think that the first one is brilliant. It's a fairly simple concept, but it's done incredibly well. And it's got so much detail in it that comes into play throughout the following few films. I'd say they're up there with my favorite franchise. Although I'm not sure that anything really would ever overtake Scream for me. Um, I wanted to know, what's your favourite scary movie? Let me know in the comments down below. I'm always also looking for recommendations and I'd love to see new ones. So uh, yeah, let me know. Anyway, other than that, I'll see you next week for another episode of Red Rum. Bye.